everybody. Welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts on the side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, Tad the Side. And Tad, as of recording, we are a day away from draft month. Like, I mean, yeah, we are right yeah, around are. the corner. Like, I mean, we are under 30 days. We can officially say that, even though we're still in March technically as of recording, but yeah, it is going to be here sooner than we think. And yeah, hopefully with today's content that can help some of these, you know, fans out there about just like some possible directions that some of these teams that we're going to be bringing up in today's episode could go by the time draft day comes around. Because, uh, yeah, we're doing something that we did last year. We're going to be discussing some teams that have no first round picks and possibilities on some strategies of what they can do without some of that high draft capital. So, um, yeah, this was a fun episode last year, Tad, that I think uh, it made sense that we were going to do it again this year. Well, and this is why I like this episode so much is because this is something a lot of draft shows don't do. Is like they they like going for the flashy of like this is who the you know the Giants or the the Ravens might take as their next quarterback or something like that. Hey. The quarterbacks for that first round pick, they deserve some love too. You like, you know, yes, it might not be as exciting as having first round pick, but there are still a lot of great players you can land. So I, I, this is why I love this episode. This is why we keep bringing it back because there are so many great sleepers to discuss that fit so well in these systems. So yeah, no, I'm really excited for this episode. Yeah, definitely. And also, like you said, it's just like, you know, we don't need to over talk about Anthony Richardson and Hendon oh, Hooker. God damn it. I don't want to hear any Will more Levis, of right? Richardson. Like... Oh, God damn it. You brought up both of them. How dare you? <laughs> All the other media outlets are already covering those guys like each and every day. So it's like this is a good opportunity to get some, like you said, some fresher content to hear about some players that you may not hear about until the draft. So it's like, this is a good chance for you to sort of go a little bit deeper into the draft, a little bit deeper into the prospects, possibly about where some of these guys could be sliding. So yeah, should be a fun episode for sure. But also what's fun is partnering with our good friends at bet online because they remain your number one source for all your sports betting needs all season long. You always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends all at bet online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, bet online features live betting, free contests and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest, easiest way to bet in all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, the NBA, MLB just had their opening day. So we're right into the MLB season. Now NHL, you had to bring that up. Hey, my A's pulled out a win in the eighth inning oh, last night, so I love it. <laughs> you got NHL, MMA, tennis, esports, boxing, golf. They got you covered on all fronts. So head to bed online today on your computer or mobile device, and you can rejoin and receive a 50% of a welcome bonus on top of your first deposit. All you got to do is use our promo code BELIEVE, that's capital B-L-E-A-V, and you can receive a 50% of a welcome bonus on top of your first deposit. All you got to do is use our promo code. The promo code, once again, is BELIEVE, capital B-L-E-A-V, and you can receive your rewards. Bet online where the games start. So like we mentioned, Tad, we're going to get into some teams here that do not have a first-round pick. It's because of trades. Most Pretty much that's pretty much why they don't have first-round picks. All, so we're all gonna but be, one. All but one. All but one. <laughs> that's correct. Um, so we've been covering the San Francisco 49ers, the Miami Dolphins, the Cleveland Browns, the Denver Broncos, and LAFB Network's own, the Los Angeles Rams. So let's sort of, uh, 
don't know. Should we start with the 49ers or should we end with them? I'm sort of like debating. Ah, yeah. Let's here, start so. with the 49ers. Let's you want to start it. with them? All right. Let's, let's kick it, it off. Let's do it. Let's kick it off with the San Francisco 49ers. So they do not have a first round pick. This is the final year that they do not have a first round pick because of the Trey Lance trade. So next year they will have their first round pick back. Um, they actually don't have a second round pick either because of the Christian McCaffrey trade. So they do not have a second round pick either. So their first pick is coming all the way. Well, in the real, third real, real, real quick. So <laughs> just to give our viewers a little bit of, uh, you know, transparency. Here's the funny thing is. So Murr had a handful of teams, which we will not spoil yet. But the funny thing was, as I was doing research on his teams, none of your teams have second round picks either. Like, they really sold the farm for the future. Like, I was shocked. I was like, whoa, you know, there's no way I'm reading this right. Like, none of your, uh, do you notice that? Like, none of your teams have yep. second round picks. I did. I did. Based on how we I mean, divvied it up, I just noticed that for sure. Like, obviously, I do San Francisco did not because of the reasons that I already listed out. But, yeah, the two other teams that I, quote unquote, took, well, yeah, they don't have second round picks either. So, yeah, like, just continue. Talk about selling the farm. Seriously. So getting into San Francisco here, like I said, because of the Christian McCaffrey trade, because of the Trey Lance trade, they do not have first or second round picks. So they do have third round picks, and they're actually all really clustered right around each other. So they have the 99th overall pick, the 101st overall pick, and the 102nd overall pick. So honestly, I, like, I look at their roster. This is a team that, you know, obviously was in the NFC title game, unfortunately was not able to move on to the Super Bowl, but they have a pretty complete roster. So, I mean, they can stretch. Pretty much if they make no other adjustments, like even if you took out free agency moves that they made, they have a pretty complete roster. So it's like they can compete right away. They only obviously have to solve the biggest issue, the quarterback issue, which we'll save for another episode down the road here because that's a whole episode on itself, the Niners quarterback issues. But they made some good free agency moves. They signed Javon Hargrave from Philadelphia to anchor their defensive line. Sam Darnold as a backup quarterback option. Um, Isaiah Oliver, a good nickel corner who they signed from Atlanta. And... Hopefully they're going to resurrect the career of Cleland Farrell, the number former number four overall pick of the. Was they were they still the Oakland Raiders at that time, or were they Las Vegas still when they drafted him? And they were the Oakland Raiders at that were time. They? Okay. But it, it was funny because I did not know Farrell was a Niner until I started doing research for this episode. <laughs> Yeah, that happened a while back, so hopefully he could be a reclamation project. Uh, they lost out on right tackle Mike McGlinchey. Samson Ebicam is now with your Indianapolis Colts as a pass rush piece. Uh, Jimmy Ward is now with Houston Texans. Emmanuel Mosley is in Detroit. Jimmy and Ward is a Texan? He is. He is. I did not and know that. I really did not know that. Lastly, Jimmy Garoppolo is no longer a San Francisco 49er. He is a member of the Las Vegas Raiders. So Dumbasses. <laughs> like I talked about, they don't really have a ton of holes, surprisingly. They do have some holes that can obviously, you know, could affect their roster. But overall, like I said, they're pretty much in a set place where they can compete right away if they didn't need to make any moves in the draft or anything like that, right? So they can sort of build some depth, build some possibly if they wanted to trade up. Like I said, they have three picks all together in the third round. So maybe they couple one or two of those picks with another day three pick or a future pick and they move up into the second round or something if there's a guy that they like. So, I mean, they obviously have a hole at right tackle. They may want to upgrade the offensive line. Uh, they obviously could use some secondary help with the losses of Manuel Mosley and Jimmy 
Ward. Um, so, I mean, just some guys that they possibly could trade up for, Tad, like the Blake Freeland out of BYU, a really good tackle that I'm hearing a lot about. Uh, Matthew Bergeron out of Syracuse, an offensive alignment as well. Zach Harrison, an edge rusher, could be a really good piece that they add on to their pass rushing because – as great as Nick Bosa was, the defensive player of the year, he needs some help. So, I mean, they definitely need to add to well, their rotation. Well, because you, you saw during the playoffs, once they shut him down, like, yeah. you guys had nothing. You had nothing. And we'll true. get into the pass rush in a little bit, or at least I will. But exactly, <laughs> like, he is not a, you know, three-headed Hydra-type monster where yeah. he can, like, separate the offensive line. Like, he needs help, and that is where you guys definitely need some uh, assistance there. No, 100%. So, yeah, I can see them trading up to get him. Um, Added to Mia Adebari out of Northwestern. He had an amazing yeah, combine. Yeah, you're taking that one. I am not trying that name. <laughs> the defensive tackle with just the amazing speed and the athleticism. So maybe they anchor that defensive line with the speed threat there with him. Um, Your boy from TVCCU, Tre- Trevius Hodges Tomlinson. I think I said that correctly. Um, They could Trevious. use some secondary help. So. Yeah, that could be another guy that they possibly trade up for. But if they decide to hang around the third round, like I said, they could use some offensive line help. They could use some pass rush help, and they could definitely use some secondary help. So, I mean, there's a lot of names out there. Uh, Byron Young out of Tennessee would be a good pass rush piece. Nick Hampton at Appalachian State. Colby Wooden on the defensive tackle front out of Auburn. Jalen Redmond out of Oklahoma. Um, Carl Brooks, a really good uh, small school prospect that a lot of people are sort of talking about, but he could be a really good sleeper in these mid-rounds here out of Bowling Green. He could be a good piece. Uh, going to the offensive line, some of the guys that I'm seeing slated here, there's Wanya Morris out of Oklahoma. Uh, Luke Whippler, if he is to fall in because he's an interior offensive lineman out of Ohio State, I'm hearing a lot of good things about him. He could be one of those, you know, swing pieces that they could use in the interior offensive line, maybe push somebody else out to the right tackle position because of the depth that they have. Um, Nick Saldaveri out of Old Dominion. I'm seeing a lot of mock drafts, a lot of mocking. I love that guy. Saldaveri that guy is too. so damn good. Yeah, so that's why I'm seeing a lot of mock drafts mocking him to San Francisco here in the third round here. Um, and possibly Jalen Duncan out of Maryland. He unfortunately had a injury, so he didn't participate at the combine. But obviously he said he was going to save it for the pro day, pro day when he was fully healthy. So, yeah, there's a lot of good things I'm hearing about Jalen Duncan. And finally, I close it out with some secondary prospects that I like here. Uh, this guy I saw at the combine, I think he'd be an excellent piece to the 49ers secondary. It's safety Jartavius Martin out of Illinois. He just looked looked really smooth. He looked to be executing all the drills with a high level. So I think he could be a guy who could really fit in with San Francisco. Uh, Antonio Johnson, another safety out of Texas A&M. He looked really good at the combine. Uh, Jair Brown, another safety at the combine. that looked really good out of Penn State. Um, Riley Moss, I think this is a guy you're going to bring up a little later. So I'll save that for you to bring don't, up don't, out of don't Iowa. Don't touch my boy. Don't As I said, I'll save boy. it for you. Riley no, Moss no, out of better. Iowa. You better. Piece. Uh, Jacorian Bennett, another defensive back out of Maryland, and possibly if he's there, Darius Rush out of South Carolina could be a really good um, addition to that secondary piece. So, But, Tad, those are some of the positions that I'm laying out here. Obviously, this is my team. Um, I'm a little bit more familiar with what their holes are, but just looking at the roster on through your eyes, like, I mean, what can you see as far as some prospects that can fit here for San Francisco to possibly make another Super Bowl run? The word you're looking for is objective. <laughs> All right, all right, fair, fair. So, uh, okay, overall, I was actually pretty impressed with the 49ers roster because you guys do have very, very few holes, which is really, really just impressive, especially considering you guys have, like, I feel your roster is always changing, but somehow 
they do a great job of filling those holes the second they are created. So props to the 49ers. So I, I and again, with props to the 49ers, this is probably the most underrated signing of the offseason, in my opinion, is the signing of Javon Hargrave. Four years, $80 million, and you know that contract can be voided after two years. Like, that's not that big of a deal. I've seen so many people be like, oh, my God, why would you pay a 30-year-old, you know, $80 million? You can void that after two years and not, you know, suffer that big of a loss. But that filled it. Not immediate need, but that filled a need because Javon Kinlaw just frankly isn't living up to expectations. He's not bad, but he's don't even see just... it, frankly. He is not living up to expectations at all. Yeah, okay. Oh, there we go. <laughs> like, yeah. So don't need to sugarcoat it. Well, would you okay? Would you say he's bad or like where? where like great. So him, far, great him. So far, a, he's falling into that F. bus. He's falling into that bus category because he had a okay. pretty good rookie season. He then got hurt, but then he was supposed to come back this year, and he just didn't look the part. Um, he was a little bit hurt again this year, so that prevented him from being on the field consistently. But just there's a reason he wasn't on the field much. Not just because of the injury. It's just like the play level has just not increased the way that we were sort of hoping as a Niner fan here. That is just right. Not, no, but that's so why I, mean, I think that's like, why they had to go out and sign Javon Hargrave because they're like exactly. we can't counter this guy. Exactly, and Kilo's not bad. He's not bad, but he's just not the difference yeah. maker you drafted him to be. So then you bring in Hargrave, who had 11 sacks to Philadelphia last year, who we know is a difference maker. So, you know, that's an offseason, just A-plus move right there. Oh, yeah. And because, especially because it eliminates draft need, right? Now you don't need to spend a draft pick on a defensive tackle. So Very where true. do you spend the draft pick? Well, you know, the first spot where I would spend it is cornerback like yeah especially like you guys have had so many cornerbacks hurt in the past two years i've never it's like me like how often does this person get hurt and it's just <laughs> no, like I, it's it's just, there's true. there is no it's the the uh, mean girls thing there is no limit so <laughs> it's it's you know i i think the more depth you have you have at pass rush and cornerback they're you know the better off you are so i love this guy for you guys right here and i will tell you why Riley Moss, the 6'1 corner of Iowa. He is the perfect corner for you. And I will tell you why. So his hip fluidity, and I know I use that term a lot, and our you know, longtime viewers are like, what is with him and hip fluidity? Well, you know, <laughs> the thing is, like, that is the most important skill when it comes to being a man-to-man corner. Yeah. With Riley Moss, he needs some work there. So he's a better zone corner than anything else, but that's exactly what the 49ers run is zone coverage over man coverage. So it is perfect for is the perfect system for Riley Moss to kind of grow because let me read you my senior bowl notes for Riley Moss. I absolutely love this guy. His instincts are good with the ability to clearly develop into great. His play recognition is already at a level where I think the transition will be easier than most. And what I mean by that is his play recognition, like his ability to like jump on those curl routes or those dig routes is so good. Like there's, it, it can't be taught. It's yeah. just a natural skill. So I really, really like that. Now what is his problem is that he struggles in man coverage. That's why he's going to slip back. But if he goes to the right team, a la the 49ers where they mm -hmm. don't emphasize man coverage as much, that's a perfect fit for him. So I, I really think that he can really succeed. And Emmer, here's a quote I absolutely loved. And I would love to say that I got this quote from an anonymous horse I sold from NFL.com. But <laughs> are you ready for this? This is from a director of scouting for an NFC team. I know people are going to want him to move to safety. 
but he has a legit corner talent. Just stick him in his zone and let him play there. Does that not sound like exactly what the 49ers need right now? No, 100%. They definitely need the death because of the uh, injuries that they always deal with. And just, you know, it's a pass for his league. So it always it always is helpful to have more ne- corners. Never too many play. pass rushers. Um, yeah, never exactly. too many pass covers. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, he'd be a perfect fit in San Francisco, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> All right. So on top of that, the, and this is another guy I think that the 49ers would really, really enjoy to get is Jalen Duncan. Do you know who he is? Uh, yeah, I brought him up earlier. He's a guy who could possibly fit in here. So, yeah, I actually there like Jalen Duncan a lot. Yeah, Jalen Duncan, he is a 6'5", 306-pound offensive tackle out of Maryland. Do you know what his 40 time was at the Combine? I don't remember. All right, so real quick, before I say his time, let me repeat. He was 6'5", 306 pounds. He ran a 5'1". That's not bad at all. <laughs> it's not bad, dude. That's fucking phenomenal. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I would. I'm, I'm 5'11", 150. I would run maybe a 6'5". Maybe. Yeah. Like, that's absolutely insane. That, by the way, that's always kind of an ego knock is when you're like, that fat dude could absolutely, like, murder me. If, like, I was running away from him, he could run me down, which is always <laughs> like, ah, shit. But even, like, uh, who was the Alabama receiver – or not receiver uh, – Alabama offensive lineman who got – Andre Smith. Andre Smith was getting all that crap for, like, a 5'4", five, 5'5". Five, five. I'm like, I'd maybe run a 6'5". <laughs> yeah. But anyway. No, sure. So – Jalen Duncan is he, here's the thing with him is he is an absolute developmental prospect because his his technique needs work his uh you know his, his footwork needs work there's a lot to work with there but this is like we said earlier on this is what the 49ers have the benefit of doing is draft that developmental prospect because you have nothing to lose and so he and also here's the best thing why the 49ers draft him what is the strength of his game it's the run blocking. He is an absolute mauler. Mauler. And usually I hate that word because it's such a cliche, but there's no better word for him. Is that dude will swat like if you're running a run play, he will pull off and absolutely swallow that edge rusher. And uh, I'm sure you know better than anybody else. What is the 49ers main uh, offensive attack? Well, you got to lead through the run. <laughs> Exactly. That's why they traded for Christopher McCaffrey. So the fact that you have a natural run blocker that just needs a little polish, I mean, what better coach to give him polish than uh, Kyle Shanahan? So I think he is the perfect mid-round prospect. Now, okay, I know you can talk about this guy a little bit. Uh, My dark horse candidate, and we'll talk about one more candidate for the 49ers. I know we're doing a lot of 49ers talk, but I promise we'll move on after these super aspects. I have no problem with it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Uh, how about this for Dark Horse Candidate? Tucker Craft. Ooh, that would be pretty – I think we talked about this when we were talking about um, the Shrine Bowl, I believe it was, when Tucker Craft was there. Just that um, – or I think it might have been Small School Prospect. I can't remember. It was an episode a while back. It, it, was, we just small talked about, it was Small School. And we talked about just how dangerous it would be if you pair up Tucker Kraft with George Kittle in that offense. And they already have the skilled playmakers and Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, obviously Christian McCaffrey, he brought up. Like, I mean, it's just like you're adding fire to fire. Like, it's just like what are opposing defenses supposed to game plan for? Like, I mean, just that would be such a dynamic threat for sure. So, okay. Last prospect I want to bring up because you guys kind of did this already. But I think it's time for you guys to do this as well. 
There's a big-time first-round prospect that got hurt, unfortunately. But I think if you guys draft him, you are the perfect team to develop him into a future starter. He is this year's Trey Smith. What I mean by that is there is a player who got hurt. Teams are overreacting, and he is going to slip even though he shouldn't be. Even with his injury, I would be thrilled if the Colts took this guy in the second round. That man is Andrew Voorhees. Oh, the prospect okay. out of USC. That'd be a great Yes, exactly. The guard slash center. I don't really see him as a center. Some people are like, hey, he could play center. I see him more as a guard. But he unfortunately tore his ACL at the NFL Combine. So he will likely miss most of his rookie season. He, If whatever team drafts him goes to the playoffs, he may start playing them. But let's be real. You're not plugging a rookie. I think most likely game. he's going to miss. The yeah, they're just going to send the entire, <laughs> the yeah, entire, campaign, yeah. entire season. Exactly. Yeah. Um. This is perfect. So let me tell you why. Because Aaron Banks has two years left on his contract. Spencer Burford, who I know is still young. Did yep. I say that right, by the way? Burford? Spencer Burford, yep. I was so terrified of that name. <laughs> so he has three years left. But, I mean, let's not lie. He's not great. He's not, you know, bad. He's He can be upgraded. Like, he's, he's, he's a solid starter, but that can be upgraded. You guys, again, it's, it's the same thing as, you know, uh, the bills where you have that luxury of let's take this guy in the third round. Let's sit him for a year. You know, first off, let him heal second yeah. off, let him develop. And I think that because Voorhees was a surefire first rounder. You, he, he will be available in the third, fourth round, unless the team really is confident in him, which I don't think they are. Cause teams are still very scared of torn ACLs, which is really stupid by the way. Cause torn ACLs, not as bad as they used to be, but I really think that this could be a huge value pick for the 49ers moving on because especially his athleticism is uh, finacity. Yeah. You know, that word was popping up <laughs> like it is so valuable there. And I think Kyle Shannon can do a lot with a good athletic guard like that. So I think Voorhees is a perfect fit for the 49ers, a mid round sleeper prospect. No, I think it's a great pick. And I know we sort of focused on the Niners a lot here, but lots of these prospects that Tad brought up, they'll fit a lot of these positions here, you know, anywhere between like 90 to like 110. So it's like not just the Niners can be looking at these guys, but it's like we're going to bring up the Browns there. They have pick number 98. Maybe these are There were a lot of repeats. There were a lot of repeats where I was like, ah, shit, I already talked about him. And I was like, yeah. So some of the names that we bring up could be applicable to all these teams here, but not just the teams that we bring up in today's episode without first-round picks, but other teams picking around this area too. So. Yeah, that's the whole point of today's episode. It's not just teams with first round without first round picks, but also they can apply to just any teams with these mid round picks. They could find good value here. So let's move into the well. Let's not move out. Let's stay in the NFC West. Let's go with the Los Angeles Rams here next. Tab, okay. Who right, you took the pleasure of taking on to do a deep dive on. All right. So the Rams have the number thirty six pick, which is the fifth pick of the second round. Two third round picks at sixty nine, nice and seventy seven. Okay, uh, you know I had to do it. Oh, now, the nice. reason they lost their first-round pick was that it was part of the Matthew Stafford trade. So that's why yep. the Detroit Lions – I mean, talk about grade A trade by the Lions. That is why the Lions are at number six? Number, yeah, yeah, number six. Yeah, the Raiders are number seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. I had to think about that. But, yeah, so that is why the Lions are at number six right now. Um, again, great trade for the uh, Lions – this is where you know the, the the Rams have to pay the bill. They had they traded their future, they mortgaged their future 
for that one Super Bowl ring. I'm not saying they were right or wrong in doing so. We will have LAFB people on on the show later on to yes. have that argument, I am sure. But yeah. for now, yeah. this is the – it really feels – am I right or wrong? This really feels like the first draft where the Rams are like, okay, we, we mortgage our future. Let's see how this works out. Like this feels like the first time like we're really going to see the, either the consequences or the benefits of that. No, I think that's pretty accurate. I think, you know, obviously they got the Super Bowl win. Last year they dealt with a bunch of injuries and they just didn't have the depth behind it. So I think they kind of paid the price last year, but I think this is now where they sort of need to make sure they can recoup some of the losses that they had to make sure that they have proper depth behind some of the players that, you know, obviously went down with injuries. So obviously Cooper Cup got hurt. They got Baker to back up Stafford. Now Baker's in Tampa Bay. So it's like, are they going to go quarterback at some point? So it's just like, yes, this is definitely a very crucial draft to make sure that they can fill up some holes because they weren't big players in free agency. Like they didn't make a no, lot of moves. They weren't. They I really thought players. they were going to make more moves than they did. Exactly. So it's like they didn't make a lot of moves. They lost some players, too. So it's like this draft, unfortunately, without a first round pick, that's going to be very crucial what they do at number two and also at those two picks in the third round as well. There's obviously a day three as well. All those picks, too. So, yeah, this is a very it's a very important draft for sure. All right. So on that note, Amir, I will pay you fifty dollars if you can name the Rams will linebacker, their Sam, their Sam linebacker or either one of their backups. Um. Uh, yeah, I'm out because Bobby Wagner's now back with the Seahawks. So, <laughs> well, and he was even with the Will or the Sam. Like he was. Yeah. Or, sorry, he was. No, yeah, he was the inside linebacker. So their Will linebacker is Kair Thomas. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Oh my God, these LAFB people are about to rip me apart. But Kair <laughs> Thomas, we're gonna run that with okay. that. And their Sam linebacker is Michael Hawks. Sure. I I, yeah, no, no. I, this proves my general point. Do you want any yeah. other uh, backups are? No. Uh, well, too bad. So, Kyrie <laughs> Thomas's backup is Daniel Hardy. Do you want to know who Michael Hawk's backup is? Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea who that is. You know why that is? Do they even have a backup? No, they don't have one. That's what I was saying. I was like looking for a They don't backup. even have okay. one. So nice. they desperately, nice. desperately need edge rushers. Not defensive ends, but edge rushers. Like that is easily the biggest need for the Rams is like it just guys they can get on the cheap. So I think at number 36 is what they should do is draft the uh, very athletic because that's what the Rams do very well is they develop athleticism, right? So just draft athletic players and hopefully Sean McVay and the defensive coaching staff can develop them past that. So I think they should take Isaiah Foskey. You said it right before we started. It's Foskey. Damn it. Foskey. Damn it. Isaiah Foskey on Notre Dame. Yes. Oh, all right. That should be a game we play during draft day, like <laughs> over the, the draft day. How many names I pronounced wrong? Uh, but Fo Isaiah Foskey, the edge rusher out of Notre Dame, he had 12 sacks his senior year. All the athleticism there. It's just the question is, are the tech is is the technique there? Is the technique you know coachable? And it is a big question mark. Honestly, I don't know. But if he were to go to a team, the Rams would be the best team to go to because I mean he. It's a lot like Aaron Donald, right? Where the, the the pure athleticism, the pure strength is there. I'm not comparing him to Aaron Donald. I saw the face you just made with it. <laughs> I'm just saying they took a pure athlete and they yeah. coached him up to be what we know now as Aaron Donald. So if you take a pure gifted athlete at the edge 
and coach him up like that, I really like him. So then they also have uh, two third round picks at number 69. Nice. And number 77. I'm going to keep making that joke. So how about this for a hot take? You ready for this? Absolutely not a homer homer take. At 69, the Los Angeles Rams select Max Duggan. (laughs) Oh, come on. That's not that Wow. Wow. That's not that bad. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Because here's the thing. So Max Duggan, he has good deep accuracy when he's not pressured. So as long as you surround him with a good offensive line, he can hit those deep throws consistently. It's when he's well, pressured. No, no, no. I will not allow any Max Duggan you know, hates before I finish. Oh, no, no. Rant. wasn't Max Duggan hate. I'm talking about the Los Angeles Rams' offensive line. We know the Los Angeles Rams have issues right. on their offensive that's line. Right. So if you're going to stick Max Duggan behind that offensive line, how is he going to succeed on the deep accuracy throws? That's what I'm talking about. Is he going to start next year? No, of course not. But I'm just saying but that. But that's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm saying is you develop that offensive line around. He's the developmental guy behind okay. Stafford because they're right. not getting rid of Stafford. They're keeping right. Stafford for next year. For better or for worse, they're keeping him. So yeah, no, I know. I know. Exactly. So, okay. So you start building up that offensive line around Duggan as you develop him. Because it's funny you say that. If, yeah, if Duggan started as a rookie, he'd be so fucked. Like that, like that would be a, a terrible idea. But no, if you take Duggan, have a guy like Stafford, who in Stafford reminds me a lot of Duggan, where it's like it's a it's a gunslinger guy who just goes for it all the time and kind of you know panics under pressure, but you know tries to keep a level ahead. That's why I think Duggan's fit with the Los Angeles Rams is a perfect fit. Which, by the way, would be very confusing emotionally for me. If Max Duggan, my favorite quarterback, TCU quarterback of all time, went to the team that broke my heart, like that would be – I don't know how I feel about that. But anyway, that's that's something I need to talk to my therapist about. But yeah. anyway, so I, I actually like – if it actually happens. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Duggan is a – or some quarterback 6'9 is an interesting prospect, but I'll get into that later. Um, at number 77, how about this? Cody Mock. Well, we talked about them needing to upgrade the offensive line, so I can exactly. see them and taking he has that one of those third round picks on exactly. Cody Mock. I think that's a great pick. I think it's and he pick. has that versatility where center, guard, or maybe even tackle. I really don't see him in tackle, but possibly. I see him more as a guard. I think that would be the problem. Yeah, I think I, I agree. Center, I agree. So, yeah. He reminds me a lot of – yeah, and I promise this isn't just like a small school guy comparison, but he reminds me a lot of Quinn Miners where like, yeah, you can put Quinn Miners at center. Yeah. He probably should be a guard. And now look where Quinn Myers is. He's a very, very solid starter for the Broncos. Yeah. So I think that Cody Mock is that versatile starter that the Rams need an offensive line because they have they're so shallow there. They have mm-hmm. so few good backups that I, I really think he could be an interesting spot there in the third round. But uh, no, overall, I think the Rams are interesting because they actually had more uh, picks than I thought they did. So yep. they have around six or seven picks. Um, so they, if they draft well, this the strategy is going to pay off big time. But they need to draft well because if they don't draft well, this is going to look like an absolute nightmare for the next like three or four years. Yeah, so we'll see exactly what they could do with that draft capital that they have here in the second round and obviously those two picks in the third round. But yeah, nope. As a Niners fan, I probably hope that they all screw up their picks. Oh, well, I was about to say, you seem very least just like as an LFP Network fan, it'd be nice to have some good coverage, too, for sure, with that big right. there. So let, I kind of let me ask there. you. I'm going to put you on the spot. You ready? Yeah. 
All right, what is the one player the Rams should target above all else, given their draft picks? So, again, I'll remind you, they have number 36, number 69, mm-hmm. number 77. Who should they target uh, given those picks? The top end of the second round, I could see them possibly going with a linebacker so they could use some versatile guy mm-hmm. like a Trenton Simpson out of um, Clemson, I believe it is, right? Um, yep. Maybe they go with the edge guy. So they got like Keon White out of Georgia Tech, another very athletic guy who they could probably develop to. Or um, this guy out of Kansas State, Felix Anaduke Azuma. I, I almost took him. His, n- his name scared me off. Of course, you probably wanted to say it, but you couldn't say it. So, um, or possibly, you know, if BJ Ojolari slips out of the first round, that'd be a great pick too, for sure. To that have would to be a good upgrade pick. this the second uh, the pass rush there, but also it couldn't hurt to have receivers because I mean they had Cooper Cup, obviously who went down, that but then but then outside of that, they didn't really have a lot of great development behind him. But just I, you wonder about Allen Robinson? Is he going to make a return to his old form? Is he going to look like the same Allen Robertson? Um, are they going to get back uh, Odell Beckham Jr.? Like, is that a possibility? I don't know. But it's like it couldn't hurt to get a very good receiver at the top of the second round. You know, some guy like um, possibly Xavier Hutchinson out of Ohio State. Maybe um, Jaden Reed out of Michigan State would be a good fit, too. Like, I mean, there's a lot of good pieces there. But I think you get some good receivers later, too, so I don't think they need to go in second. In the third round, I agree with you. I think they need to go offensive line. There's a lot of great pieces that they go there. I already listed out a bunch there. So Jalen Duncan, who we already brought up. Blake Freeland, if he slides. Uh, maybe, you know, um, Wanya Morris out of Oklahoma. So, I mean, there's a lot of good pieces they could get for the offensive line with those third-round picks. And then, yeah. Maybe they go with a quarterback, like a Jake Hayner out of Fresno State, Max Duggan at TCU, possibly, Jaron Hall out of BYU. Like, I mean, these are some guys that could be good developmental pieces behind Matthew Stafford that eventually could take over the starting role. So, yeah, those would be some guys that I think would be good fits for the Rams that I think could make some immediate contributions or make some immediate developments for the future, too. For sure. All right. What team are we discussing next? Uh, let's stick with the West, but let's go to the AFC West here. Let's go to the Denver Broncos. So they Denver have, Broncos. All right. so they have two picks in the third round, number 67 and number 68. So right next to each other and right ahead of the Rams there at 69. Right. So, I mean, this could be a very interesting situation nice. as far as some of the players that we already brought up could be plays in play. We'll bring up some other guys as well here, but yeah, they actually had a pretty productive free agency. They signed Mike McGinchy away from San Francisco to upgrade the offensive line. They got Ben Powers from the Baltimore Ravens to upgrade their offensive line as well. Zach Allen, a very underrated pass rusher. They took him away from Arizona. That's a a really good signing. I agree with that one. Um, Samaje Pirine, they signed as a running back. And Alex Singleton, who they re-signed to be one of their middle linebackers. I think that's a really good piece. Uh, They lost Draymond Jones, one of their defensive tackles. That was a pretty big loss. Graham Glasgow, one of their starting offensive linemen. That's going to hurt a little bit. That's a bigger loss. Uh, Calvin Anderson and Chase Edmonds, who they decided not to re-sign as well. That's why we replaced it with Sid Manjay. Chase Edmonds was a Bronco? They traded for him, yeah, because uh, they needed some help because of the injuries to Javante Williams. And then um, Melvin Gordon got hurt, too, or he has a public issues, remember? So they ended up chasing trading. That's right. Russell Wilson sucked. Okay. (laughs) All right, that exactly. explains it. That explains it. It was the running back's fault, not his. Okay. Possibly. Possibly. So, honestly, like we talked about, they don't pick until the third round. So, I mean, they have back-to-back picks on top of that. Maybe, like I said, very similar to San Francisco. They could couple one of those and a late-round pick – or sorry, a day three pick or a future pick to trade up if they want to. Or couple both of those picks and trade up and then get into the second-round possibility. So, there's the – um possibility that we may see a trade from the Broncos there in the middle of the third round there. Uh, but I think if they decide to hang on to it, they definitely need some corner help to support Justin Simmons, the safety, 
and Patrick Sertan the second. Uh, they could go with Eli Ricks out of Alabama. I've seen some really good things about him. Uh, I already brought his name up, but as a safety piece, Jartavis Martin out of Illinois would be a good fit. Uh, Jacorian Bennett, who we already brought up before, Antonio Johnson. Uh, but Speedster from Michigan, DJ Turner, he could be a really good piece Ooh, because of the injury. He didn't, pra- he didn't participate at the combine, but he did participate at the pro day. A lot of people are high on his skills, so I mean, he could be a really good late-round diamond that you could probably add to your team to be a really good piece that may not start right away but has the skill set to eventually become a starter maybe midway through the season or definitely heading into his second season as long as he continues to develop there um as much as i like that they re-signed alex singleton he's a good fit with them there uh to pair up with josie jewel who i really like in denver i think they can use an upgrade at the position so maybe if they slide maybe jack campbell is there out of iowa that would be an excellent addition to this middle linebacking piece there uh owen papo out of auburn a speedster linebacker that could go sideline to sideline has good coverage skills but maybe needs to refine some of his technique a little bit when he gets to the pro level and a really guy that a guy that looks just smooth as far as his cover uh, coverage of skills as well as just getting after the ball carrier Noah Sewell out of Oregon I think he's gonna oh, be a really good late shit. round line I'm gonna be so <laughs> uh, well real quick it's so interesting because I see Sewell as like a second round prospect but I've seen some mocks have him as yeah. late as fourth yeah. which is really I, weird to me, that's I really rate, like yeah. Sewell Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It really just depends on what's going to happen with the first round because all those quarterbacks yeah, are going to go at the very top. So it's going to slide all the other positions a little bit later. So it's just like, how's it all going to play out? The tight end position is really strong, right? So they're probably going to be, I'm hearing possibility, we may see three tight ends go in the first round, which would be a record. Um, so oh, that wouldn't surprise me. I so, think, yeah, I so think there's a possibility, right? So it's like, so because of that, some of these other positions will then slide down later. So yeah, Noah Sewell, a guy who possibly could have gone in the second round, may slide into the third. And like I said, if Denver's smart, maybe they couple some of their picks and they go trade up to get him just in case they really want him. I think he'd be a good fit there. Um, like we talked about, never hurts to have more pass rush. They get guys like if he slides there, BJ Ojolari, Byron Young out of Tennessee. I really like what I saw from him at the Combine. Uh, Derek Hall out of Auburn. Um, and a guy that we brought up before, Felix Enodike Uzama out of Kansas State would be a good athletic piece that you sort of just need to refine a little bit. And all the talk about them possibly trading their receivers with Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, and KJ Hamler, apparently they weren't getting the trade um, – they were getting the compensation in return that they were hoping for. So they decided, finally decided to say, we're not trading any of them. I love if- that. I love that so much. <laughs> the fact that like all these rumors come out, like we're trading them, we're trading them, we're trading them. And they never got the, the compensation they wanted. And all of a sudden, uh, Sean Payton's like, we never want to trade that. How yeah. dare you, media? How dare you report that? It's like, what the Fuck, like we were just yeah. doing our job. Like we were like we heard you were getting ready to trade. It's like, no, we never wanted to. And then like yes. behind closed doors, like, God damn it, we never got a first for him. Like that sucks. <laughs> so I can't put it out of the possibility that maybe once draft day comes, maybe they find a partner and they do something that very similar to what Tennessee did, where they traded AJ Brown to Philadelphia and then they just replaced him with Traylon Burks. So maybe, you know, Denver does something similar. If they do find a trade partner for Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, KJ Hamler, whoever, maybe they go with a receiver at this position here. So you got Jonathan Mingo out of Old Miss. I think he'd be a good receiver for them. Jaden Reed, who we got brought up, a really good possession receiver Love to pair him. up with some of the guys that they have, could run a very good um has a good skill set for state champagne style of offense so i think he'd be a good fit there uh josh downs also very similar to Jaden reed i think he'd be a good fit there and like i said i really like this guy so i keep bringing him up xavier hutchinson out of iowa state a big physical receiver that i think could be like the uh, marcus colston 
or Michael Thomas of the offense that Sean Payton wants to run there. All right, who's making big comparisons now? Could be. I'm saying could be. I'm not saying for sure he's going so to be. So was I. I, I. See, I see very similar skill sets between those two guys and Xavier Hutchinson, so we'll see how it all plays all out right, there. You, but, didn't, you didn't compare Zach Wilson to Aaron Rodgers. So <laughs> exactly. So what do you think about Denver real quick? Uh, I think Denver's an interesting team. It's it, what makes them the most interesting team is that again with uh, you know the it's kind of the same thing as the 49ers, but yeah, in a more immediate extreme is like they are win now. Russell Wilson, we saw them, he, we saw him aging before our eyes. It's like they need to do well in this year's draft because if Russell Wilson keeps getting older and they cannot support him with a good you know surrounding staff they're going to suffer because of it so with the 49ers you guys got brought party you got uh uh trey lance you you have time like if you screw up it's not the end of the world and the broncos screw up that entire franchise is busted for at least the next five years they're 100 percent under the microscope heading into 2023 because of what we saw last year. Now you bring in Sean Payton. He's going to be the guy to hopefully fix Russell Wilson. So yeah, hundred percent, every move that they make or don't make is going to be scrutinized for sure. Because yeah, they have a ton of pressure. Yeah. No, they, and especially like we said, there, this is a ton of pressure for a team that's just not have a first or second round pick. Yep. Like yep. it's, it's, it's a lot of pressure. That's why I was shocked that Sean Payton took this job. I, the, the entire yeah. offseason, I'm like, he's not taking that job. And he took it. I was like, <laughs> Well, fuck. I was like, all right, well, okay. You you are much more confident in your own abilities than I thought. I guess so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think the Broncos, re, like, hopefully they do that. But if I were the Broncos, I would go completely on the offensive side. We know their defense okay. is good, but they need to focus on the offensive side of the ball because that is where the struggles were last year. So I would go offensive line, possibly tight end. And I – I, I like all the receivers you named, but I would say wait for receivers. I don't think they're going to trade any of them. I wouldn't think so either, but just it's a suggestion I just want to throw out there in case they no, do. If, they, if they are, if they are <laughs> drafting some insurance, would not be the worst idea. Absolutely, yeah. especially with the receiver classes deep. Like this is if you are going to trade a receiver, this is the time to draft his replacement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So let's move on. We got another team here that we want to bring up from the AFC East, and that is the Miami Dolphins. All right, let's talk about the Dolphins. So they have the 51st pick, which is about middle of the second round, mm-hmm. and the 84th pick, which is in the third round. So the first pick I think they should take, and I know a lot of people are going to say this is a little too early for them, but I'm going to explain why they should take him. With the 51st pick, you know who the Dolphins should take? Luke Musgrave, the tight Luke end Musgrave, out of okay. Oregon State. And let me tell you why. Because this guy is 6'6", 250 pounds. Now, the reason he's slipping is because he only played two games his senior year. He got hurt his senior year, so he didn't really play, so there's some concerns there. Everything medically looks okay, but he's still slipping because of that. I swear to God, if he played his entire – especially considering the season Oregon State had, if mm-hmm. he played his entire season at Oregon State, he probably would be a locked-in first-rounder at this point. But because he got hurt, he's going to slip. Now – who did the Dolphins just lose? Mike Gusecki. He went to the divisional rival, the New England Patriots, after they smartly cut John Smith. So the, uh, they didn't cut John Smith. They traded him to Atlanta, remember? Oh, God. Well, who gives a shit? That's the same thing. <laughs> All right. Cut John Smith, can't trade Atlanta. It's like, I mean, honestly, which phase is, worth, uh, is worse in your opinion? So, Amir, I will ask you again. I'll make another I'd contradict you. you there, but we'll save it for another episode. Okay. 
I will make a bet with you. All right, $50 if you can name $50. The Dolphins. Wow. Coming $50. from the teacher. <laughs> a whole $50. Yeah. That's, that's two classes worth of salary right there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's hear Not this. Not worth it. Not worth it. Before <laughs> I even hear this, make bet. this bet. Let's hear this bet. Who is the name of the starting Dolphins tight end right now? Is it Durham Smythe? Oh, son of a bitch. Yes. Give me that fifty dollars. How that the hell did you so know that? More. How is that possible? That hurts you tell so me, much more than it benefits other, me. No, no, no. Shut up. Tell me one other detail about Durham Smith. While I look up other details about him, it's Durham I don't Smythe. Know shit. It's Durham oh, Smythe. Whatever. He went to Stanford. Yeah. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> How? How do you possibly know that? Well, I remember that because this How? is my. Because of fantasy, because this is why oh, Mike Jacecki was not as good last year. It's because Jusecki. they used Durham's whatever. They used Durham's Smythe more because they like to emphasize the run. So Mike Jacecki wasn't running routes as much then. So Durham Smythe. Out of Stanford. Durham Smythe. Fuck him. You got me 50 bucks. 50 God. bucks. Damn it. All right, continue that, with that your Luke Musgrave take was, here. If you want the definition of bad bet, that was one right there. God, <laughs> whatever. All right. Anyway, but is Jerm Smith, 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 whatever, whatever. The guy that robbed me a bunch of money just now <laughs> is, is he a good starting tight end? Yes or no? Blocking tight end, yes. Receiving tight end, no. Okay, it's the NFL in 2023. If you're a blocking tight end, you need tight to be a re- you need to have both. You gotta yes. be a receiving 100%. tight end, right? So okay, so I think they should go for Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State because this guy is 6'6", 250, and he is Gasecki 2.0. It's like he is an athlete. His skills need a lot of refinement, but that guy can go up and grab the big balls. And with you know Tyree Kill and Jalen Wall there, you really don't need that polish of a tight end. You just need a guy that can basically be a red zone target and that is exactly what musgrave is so i think that's who they should go for at uh 51 at 84 what they should do is how about this because i think this guy is going to take a surprise tumble what if they took andre carter because they have yeah, no backup actually taking a tumble for sure but i mean he definitely has the skill set that could benefit any team so yeah going to miami i think that would be i mean they need the help on defense for sure Exactly. And he has athleticism that Miami like and big uh, Fangio as well, because this is a guy that, by the way, Khalil Mack, before he uh, played under Vic Fangio, only had one career interception. And I know this is like, oh, big jump it's just by one. But under Vic Fangio, he had two career interceptions. So Fangio yeah. knows how to take those elite edge rushers and kind of like not saying Andre Carr is elite, just saying he, he has that ability to take those edge rushers and know how to like drop them in pass coverage when needed. And mm-hmm. Andre Carter has that athleticism to make that happen. So I think Andre Carter is a very interesting prospect that could tumble down to 84 to the Dolphins because they desperately need an edge rusher, let me tell you. Now, my dark horse for Miami is Dwayne McBride, the running back at UAB. I think his skill set with that balanced running, being a mix of a trucker and a loser back in the Miami system – could be a very dangerous fit. So I Miami is like honestly for if if I had to take any pick for a team without a first round uh pick, they are the most well set up. And by the way, they lost their first round pick because they uh tanked, which is absolutely hilarious in my opinion. But if there's any team that is the most well positioned to succeed with that first round pick, it is them in my opinion. 
Yeah, they have some good pieces, and obviously they had the rookie head coach and Mike McDaniel last year. Like They were making some good strides early in the season. Fortunately, they just crumbled towards the end of the season. So obviously, I think heading into year two, Mike McDaniel's a little bit more of an experienced coach. I think he'll have this team a little bit coached up a little bit better. And yeah, they just add a few pieces here and there. I think they could be a very competitive team. So yeah, these picks here um, at 51, I believe you said, and you know, in the middle of the third round there. Is, uh, sorry, hold on, let me scroll up. 51, 84, and that's it. 51 and 84, like, I mean, these two picks could really be beneficial depending on who slides there and some of the holes that they need to fix. So, yeah, I like Miami to sort of compete pretty quickly here in 2023 in the AFC East for sure. That's, I think, going to be a lot more competitive, especially if that Aaron Rodgers trade goes through with New York. So we'll see what happens there. Well, and, <laughs> and Tom Brady's going back to the Patriots, so. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, let's close this out For with sure. the last team that does not have a first round pick, and that is the Cleveland Browns. They have picks number 74 and pick number 98. So there's a clear reason why they don't have a first round pick. It's because of the Deshaun Watson deal. Uh, that first round pick is now owned by Houston. Um, the second round pick, it's, I can't it's called a which... massage coupon. <laughs> the second round pick, I'm not sure as to why they don't have the second round pick, but um, yeah, 74, 98, both I'm in the third it. round here. So. Um, Made some good moves, I'd say. Not the greatest moves, but they signed Dalvin Tomlinson to upgrade their defensive line. Juan Thornhill of safety. I think that's a good piece there. Uh, Ogbenaya on Karonquo, their uh, outside linebacker slash edge rusher, formerly at the Los Angeles Rams. So, I mean, that's a really good piece to add there. Uh, lost veteran quarterback Jacoby Brissett, uh, defensive lineman Taven Bryan. Uh, Chase Winovich was a good piece to add on the air edge rush there, but they lost him. And Greedy Williams, one of the starting corners that they drafted with the high draft capital in the first round, he is no longer with the team anymore. So, yeah, they do surprisingly have a pretty complete roster, especially for a team that went 7-10. and 10. I think the big thing that you have to look at with Cleveland is just, will Deshaun Watson return to being the Deshaun Watson um of old so it's like if he can sort of make that transition back to being who the guy he was cleveland offense cleveland's offense excuse me is going to be in good shape but just i don't we didn't see it last year in the few games that he played he just looked very rusty <laughs> like i mean well one thing the cleveland browns did to fix that rustiness is and this is the reason why they do not have a second round pick are you ready that is what they traded away for elijah moore Oh, right. Yeah, the Elijah Moore trade that happened just recently. I, so. I, I saw that in the headlines. I assumed it was next year's second round pick. I did not know that was a serious pick. But yes, that is yeah, why like now. This year's. Well, you know what? That's what the you know Jets are going to get for David Bakhtiari along with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> So, yeah, upgrading their receiver core there to pair up with Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones. Now they have Elijah Moore there because I think they want to transition to be more of a pass-first offense because oh, they have Deshaun Watson, right? They, so. That's why they let Kareem Hunt walk is because they were like, we're not going to go like run, 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 pass. Like, that. no, that, Stefanski now realizes running a 1950s offense surprisingly does not work in the 2020s. Yeah, so we'll see the transition Shocker. that happens here. But honestly, I mean, you do need some depth there at the running back position, and you could use a guy that's a little bit more versatile as opposed to Nick Chubb, who's pretty much just a ground-and-pound type of running back. He has some skills in the passing game, but not to the extent of what a Kareem Hunt was. So maybe you get younger at the position. Maybe at the number four pick, they did lose Dearness Johnson, who was another good backup running back that they had. He's gone in free agency. So maybe they go and they bring up a backup for Nick Chubb, who could be more of a facilitator in the passing game. So – 
Tyshea Spears out of two lanes. That would be oh, an insane pick going to Cleveland. Uh, Devin Ashane, can you imagine his speed in this type of offense? Like, I mean, that's just kind of crazy to think about. And Zach Evans out of Ole Miss, he's got a good combination of being Traitor. a good runner. Was that? Trader. <laughs> Uh, good, uh, good combination of being a good runner as well as being a good pass catcher. So he could be a good fit there. Uh, also they need to upgrade the linebacking position. They don't have a lot oh, of strong prospects yes, there. So Henry two Oh two Oh out of Alabama. I think he could be a good fit. Uh, Noah Sewell, who we already brought up. I think he could possibly be in play here. Um, secondary, they could definitely use some secondary help with the loss of greedy Williams. So maybe they go Tyreek Stevenson out of Miami. He could be sort of a hybrid corner slash safety from what I'm hearing about his skill set there. Uh, Julius Brent. I was watching this guy at the combine. I think he's mm, got a really good skill set. Another good mid-round diamond that I think a team can sort of sneak away with to be a really good productive starter for the team eventually. And your guy again, Trevius Hodges Tomlinson. Uh, they can help that nickel corner there in Cleveland. So, yeah, could be a good pick there. And then I'll focus on 98 now. It'll pretty much work off of what they did at 74. So way they upgrade the pass rush here, Byron Young out of Tennessee, Nick Hampton at Appalachian State, or Tuli Tupiloto out of USC. If he's there, I'm hearing he's got a pretty good uh, – his draft stock is rising a little bit. So he an- may not Another be player there, where I almost I almost took him for the Cleveland because I love that fit, but I was yeah. too scared of his name. Once again – Scared of the name. Tuli Tuli Pelotu there could be a good fit for Cleveland for sure. Any team picking around this spot here. Um, some still good running backs in case they don't go running back at 74. Sean Tucker out of Syracuse. Uh, Kendra Miller, your boy out of TCU. He's got a really good Love pass that. catching skill Love. set. That would be a fantastic fit because Kendra Miller is a poor man's Nick Chubb. Runs yep. the exact same style. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about Oh, ooh. Love that. Love that. Thank you so <laughs> and, much for that. You just made my McBride, night, my And Dwayne McBride out of UAB would be a good fit you as well. Just, here. You are making my night. <laughs> and then lastly, let's go with defensive tackle. I think they could build up some line here. I know they signed Dalvin Thompson. Couldn't hurt to get younger at the position too. So maybe Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin would be a good fit or Colby Wooden out of Auburn. So I don't know much about the defensive tackle just yet. That is one of the things I need to attack as far as my draft uh, draft film uh, reviewing and uh, understanding and uh, analyzing sort of thing. So, but yeah, we'll see about that. But just what do you think about Cleveland real quick as far as just where they can fill some holes and what sort of players do you think can fit here? I mean, I think, yeah, Cleveland, I you you laid it all out perfectly. They are a very complete roster, but they definitely have some positions with depth needs. Like, they are, like, if you look at their starting roster, they have no immediate need. Like, they are a very yeah. complete roster, as, assuming Deshaun Watson can return to his old self. So, where do you need depth? Well, the first and most obvious position is uh, defensive tackle. Amir, yeah. who is the current defensive tackle backup for the Cleveland Browns? That's a good question. I don't know that one. You know why you don't know? Do they not have one? They don't have one. They don't have one. It's okay. literally they have they have two defense tackles on the roster. That's it. <laughs> so they really need a defensive tackle. That so makes sense. Yep. The the guy I like a lot is DJ Dale out of Alabama. And, and yeah, I'm hearing is, his name a lot. Yep. Mm-hmm. I I love this guy. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going for it. I'm doing the decide thing. The tad decide thing. I won't put this on you. Uh. I'm going to make the Hall of Fame comparison. you right. Oh, great. Yeah. Now, this, this guy. Had the side thing now, this guy. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to make this finger wag by the thing, too. Uh, this guy reminds me a lot of Aaron Donald. And let me tell you why. It's because 
He, <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. It never Let's stops, hear right? Let's hear it. <laughs> so he has this unending motor. Like, this guy is never going to get pancakes in his life because he refuses to do it. All right. So he is standing at six foot, 300 pounds. So, as a defensive tackle, everyone's like, oh, he's too small. But his finacity, his, I love, by the way, that is honestly an actual part of my vocabulary at this point. But his finacity, his, his drive is just so unmatched that like he it doesn't matter how small he is he will be every interior offensive line he's going against even if his technique is not that good does this sound familiar yeah no i get you i get you exactly it sounds exactly like they're undersized defensive tackle who does who has no quit in him and just keeps driving it's aaron donald 2.0 i'm telling you i'm I'm a big believer uh dj dale so i think he'd be the perfect mid-round sleeper for the cleveland browns uh moving on to other positions eli ricks a guy we brought up earlier like if he falls to the browns holy shit they should be counting their lucky stars because that would be a perfect fit there because again their corner you know depth chart off the top is great but you know if one of them gets hurt they are so screwed so they need a good you know third corner to depend on and the final uh you know player i think will be interesting i'm very interested to hear your opinion on this all right i think they should take tink dell Take Dell, a small speedster. Like, I mean, how about that? I mean, you mentioned before Darius Johnson really succeeded in the system. Tank Dell, while smaller, kind of the same skill set. No, it's true. It's true. But I think I worried that Kim Stefanski may not use him right. I think that's my biggest worry. That's so a fair if they decide no, to, like, if, if it doesn't work out for Cleveland this year, they end up firing Kim Stefanski because apparently that was the rumor last offseason that possibly he was going to get down. fired to make sure they get a coach that can utilize Deshaun Watson's skill set the most. So if that happens this year where it just it doesn't work out and they decide to fire him, then maybe the new coach, because they want to be more pass-friendly and utilize the offense a little bit in different like ways. Travis that's Etienne, where Travis Etienne, like an opposite Travis exactly. Exactly. So then maybe that's yeah. where Tank Dell can sort of flourish a little bit. So I won't hate it, but I think with this current offense, I think it worries me a little bit that Tank Dell will just not be used correctly. Bottom line is the Browns are definitely going to draft a backup running back, and I cannot wait to see who it's going to be. <laughs> very, it's going to be so likely. weird. Ooh, what if the Browns trade up into the first round, take B. John Robinson? <laughs> I don't think they're going to be that crazy to do that. Hey man, first round can get crazy. It could, it could, but uh, yeah, we'll see how that all plays out for sure. So a little bit longer of an episode, but we definitely needed to cover all uh, five teams there. It's longer, it's fine. No, I think it's fine too, but yeah, we definitely needed to cover all five teams that do not have first round picks in the 2023 NFL draft. Gave you a lot of great names there. Like I said, that was the purpose of the episode as far as the mid-round guys to target for not just these five teams, but for all the other teams that are picking in this area as far as some good steals to upgrade at the various positions that we laid out there. So yeah, it was a good episode. We're going to get back into our rankings in our next episode. We're going to be covering tight ends. That's going to be a fun one because oh, this is a God. strong class to add. You thought, if you thought tonight was a long episode. <laughs> <laughs> tight end episode should be some fun as far as like how we're going to be sorting through this very very deep tight end class for sure so make sure you uh tune in for that episode best way you can find out when that episode is dropping is make sure you're interacting with us and following us on all our social media handles which is coming across right now follow us on twitter you got my personal handle every side 23 you got tad's at tad the side 94 got the show handle at the decide guys and of course we're on instagram at the decide guys where we're dropping our position rankings that we've already done we did quarterbacks we're doing running backs hopefully we're going to be dropping receivers this weekend so make sure you're checking that out for sure and of course we'll get to all the other positions as well and subscribe early to your podcast whether that's on apple podcast google 
Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can listen right on the LEFB Network website. Hit that subscribe button. Always be up to date when the podcast is going to be dropping our latest episodes. If you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel so you'll be up to date with all of our YouTube videos. And make sure you subscribe to the LEFB Network's YouTube channel. We still have a playlist there. So we still have a lot of great content coming over there as well. So subscribe to both. Getting lots of great content for sure. But to guys who are already, to everybody who's already interacting with us, who's watching the videos, listening to the podcast, um, following us, looking at the rankings, uh, commenting, anything and everything. Seriously, guys, we can't thank you enough. And hey, I know we talked a lot about mid-round prospects. And if we did not hit one that your team may be interested in, you're like, hey, I'm a Colts fan. What you know, mid-round prospects may help us after we screw up our first-round pick by drafting Anthony Richardson <laughs> or Will Levis. We're there for you. So just all you need to do is hit us up again, like Amir said, at those handles below. Who will the you know uh, Ravens take to replace Lamar Jackson in the second round? Who will the Jets take to make Aaron Rodgers happy in the third round? We are there for all those questions. All you need to do is hit us up on that social media handle right below. So please, as always, hit us up there. But you know what, guys? Even if just our episodes do it for you, thank you so much for listening. Please stay safe, everyone. Oh,